0: Check it out right now at gitladka.com. He was in charge of getting installs done at his last mobile uh, gaming company, mobile app gaming company, and said, you know, there's no good tool for this. Let me build it. He launched GeekLab.app in 2019. They're doing $60,000 a month today in revenue across 60 paid accounts up from $27,000 a month just a year ago. They're looking right now at getting a round, out, round done, targeting a $1.5 million raise at somewhere near 12000000 million post-money valuation. Hey, folks. My guest today is Jesse Lempianen. He's an experienced product manager marketer previously at Rovio, leading the launch for Angry Birds, Dream Blast, and successful collaborations with legends such as Iron Maiden and the Super Bowl. He founded Geek Lab to solve app marketing challenges, serving top mobile gaming studios and recipient of the Best App Marketing Agency Award. It's called
1: GeekLab.app. Jesse, you ready to take us to the top? Hey, Nathan. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Bet. So uh, just to way,
0: be clear, you're helping these yeah. mobile app developers get more installs. Are you doing this via software or consulting?
1: Yeah, exactly. So so through software. Uh, so in other words, like, uh, you know, when you're scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or whatnot, and uh, you click an ad. So on average, around like 20 to 30% of those people actually only end up installing the app. Uh, so we have a software that allows you to optimize that flow and actually make it all the way as high up to 80%. So truly multiply the amount of installs that you'll get.
0: Interesting. Um, and so a lot of people use like a tool like Pendo for this on their website applications, you sort of help them do this, but inside a mobile app activation process.
1: Right. And we're actually one step, step above even. so, so we're actually at that exact moment when the users decide whether or not they hit the install button. So on the app stores and Google Play Store. So that's kind of our sweet spot where we, we uh, tackle the, the marketability issues.
0: Understood. And give me a general sense of, of of economics here. How much do customers pay on yeah. average per month to use the technology?
1: Yeah. Uh, so on average, we're a bit over a thousand bucks a month, thousand uh, two hundred ish, uh, and it ranges from all the way up from like three hundred bucks a month uh, to like five thousand plus. Uh, so you yeah, asked earlier whether we're strictly software or, or also uh, also uh, on on uh, the agency side of things. So we don't have an agency, uh, but as you mentioned, we actually won the app marketing agency award, uh, like uh, this year. So how it goes is that with like the very high end, uh, like tiers that pay us like 5000 bucks a month ish. Uh, So we actually are very hands on in helping them not only use our tool, but also building the strategies around like how they can get the most out of our tool and and make successful campaigns. Do
0: You upsell the strategy, you know, a one time consulting fee of 50,000 bucks, or is that just included
1: in their monthly plan? We've actually, we've quite a lot like play around with this this strategy. And so far we've found that uh, in some use cases, it's still like a good hook to to sell like what, a once-off consultancy first and showcase what we can do. And then like on that, based on that, like start the ongoing uh, billing. But, uh, but now these days, the best solution we've found out is that we actually take three months, retainer or so, and then get it from there. Uh, and typically then those like... Uh, transferred to like ongoing monthly. Makes sense. Give
0: me more of the background story here. When did you launch the company? What year?
1: Right. So uh, it was actually 2019 when we got the idea. I was still working at Rovio back at that time and and, and this was actually a problem that I had at Rovio. So I was trying to find a a, a tool that would allow me to actually uh, like find out what would be the best app name for a new game that we were making. Uh, and I looked at the market. I saw one tool that didn't work and another one that costed like 60,000 bucks for this one test, and I was like, okay, there, there's got to be an easy way to do this. Called my friend, uh, I said, let's fix this. Uh, he said, yeah, we need two other guys to, to, to help us actually build this tool. And then we got our founding team together, 2019, uh, and got our like first sort of MVP out in 2020, uh, right in the midst of of, of COVID, actually. Uh, so another COVID, uh, uh, like spawn. There were company. four. There were four co-founders. Did you split equity evenly yeah. at the start? Uh, not, not really. Uh, we've done some shifts after that as well. Help. I mean, it's a tough conversation.
0: It's the first tough conversation you have as a founder, right? So help our audience. How did you guys
1: decide who gets what equity? Like, uh, so, so basically we, we just looked at like what everyone's doing. So, so what are the responsibilities and how much time as well? Like, because we, we sort of split it between all all the founders jumped in into it right away, full time and, and so on. So like, uh, that, that was kind of the, Everything, also part of our company culture from, from starting from us founders was like uh, no bullshit. And that's what we live, live by uh, as founders and we've lived by ever since. So uh, that's how we got with with those tough conversations, just strictly talking about like things as they are and, and putting things on the table and being honest about things. So
0: 2019, you get going, first customer that year. Walk us through how many customers you have now today.
1: So currently today... Um, like we have around sixty paying customers at the moment, uh, so we, we're talking about like uh, game developers uh, mostly, sixty-ish. Um, uh, then we have a lot of we have a soft spot for indie developers and and uh, and, and smaller studios trying to make it. Uh, so so we have plenty of free users too that we we how serve many? like a, uh, all in all. I mean, we've had uh over over a thousand signups uh, and an mm-hmm. actual like. Uh, users uh but uh well, what does that mean how many of, of the thousand
0: signups have actually started like installed the software and started using it
1: exactly so uh, uh a lot of those like we, over 90 percent, has just like kind of looked around the tool and and not really had the use case for it so, so the thing is that with our tool you can actually create like app store pages and kind of these app pages without actually having the app so we've had a lot of curiosity out of like actual people who would want to use the tool uh, for business purposes, just to play around with it and, and see like how their own app could look like. And uh, for well, those, Jesse, just to just really say the numbers
0: out. in a very clear way: a thousand have signed up today. Ninety percent have played around, but then left. So a hundred are still sticking around, and sixty of the hundred are paying
1: customers. A- aroundish, yeah. Those those numbers are
0: okay. Interesting. So less- sixty customers at a thousand bucks a month would put you at sixty thousand dollars a month today in revenue. Where were you exactly one year ago?
1: Yeah, exactly. One year ago, uh, we were a bit over oh, close to thirty k uh, around okay. um, MRR, and then we hit like fifty uh, k MRR uh, by the end of last month, uh, last uh, year, uh, and 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 been we're now on track on on, on reaching uh, like a million ARR uh, quite soon, so that's that's currently our next. And have you uh, have target bootstrapped or have you raised capital? So far, one hundred percent bootstrapped. Um, oh, great, but uh, I, I will say though that like that will change this year for sure. Um, mm. For all the other founders as well, uh, they they definitely know the pain if they bootstrapped. Um, for us, we've sort of seen currently that it actually limits our growth quite a bit. So, um, like I said, we, awesome. we have sixty. So we have sixty customers now, and and um, one of the core things for us is to be very hands on on helping them to get the most out of the tool. Because when we can actually showcase the amount of value that our tool can bring, so then uh, we we make our churn negative, uh, because they 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 share the growth stories everywhere. Gaming community is awesome, uh, but like for us to be able to do that, we actually have to have like. People hands-on helping them and having the expertise in and and uh bootstrapping with our our margins is 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 making it so and with these economies where we want to have buffer for our employees and make sure that they have have um, a job to go into uh, months months ahead uh so uh it's just uh it, it takes a lot of time to sort of build up that buffer and then then to kind of hire again to grow again well
0: but jesse Uh, i mean uh using uh, bootstrapping isn't holding your growth back per se because like everything you just articulated has nothing to do with growth it just has to do it has to do with people that you think you want to hire ahead of growth ultimately if you hire the people they've got to be creative enough to go get new users so where do you know you can spend money to go get new users and grow faster
1: uh right uh and well that's actually one of the things that we are now now like solving as well like currently our sales pipeline is is quite focused on on founders as well uh, and gaming community in general. So uh, it's 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 a lot about like uh, outreach, uh, participating on on uh, on the gaming co- community, uh, the events and everything. Yeah, but how does money solve uh, that?
0: You said bootstrapping is restricting you. I think I mean from what you're telling me, it's cr- uh, yeah. like how do you know it's money restricting you versus creativity restricting you?
1: So so like honestly, we actually uh, by the end of last year, we we didn't take all the all the agreements in uh, in December that we could have. So we actually pushed some agreements uh, that we're just going to start them in, in January, where we knew that we were going to get more people because we wanted to make sure that we actually have enough account managers to take care of them rather than us ending up a, on a situation where we actually were a bit um, like earlier, last year, uh, where we had a lot of customers coming in, and then like, not clear enough processes, not enough people to then actually serve them in a level that we we wished to serve them so People uh, that's to serve that's, them i mean this yeah. sounds
0: to me like a lot like agencies an agency margin i mean you haven't used the word software to serve them at all uh i mean is this this is really i mean this feels to me like an agency
1: uh well i'll put it this way every every single uh like campaign that we run uh are 100 percent using our our platform so you can't run a single campaign even even our agency if you will can't run a single campaign without utilizing our platform Uh, And on the other side, we have customers that only use our platform where we just solve like uh, technical related issues. with. Well, but then why
0: do you require hiring more account reps to onboard new people if they only use the technology? Why do you need more? Why do you have to throw humans at the problem?
1: uh I, I guess it's it comes down to also the fact on on um, kind of our main customer segments right now so we have three customer main customer segments we have bigger like enterprise solutions where uh we we talk about like the, the giants in the gaming industry if you take a look at uh, on our side you can see multiple of these uh, so rovio being being one of the examples but like then out of the ones that we can't disclose uh if you take a look at top 10 mobile gaming companies so we have plenty of those uh and uh like with those, like, they really, really want hands on help and, and someone from our, our team to actually help on the strategies as well. Uh, and then on the second tier, we have uh, sort of a bit smaller companies that do like, require that, like the hands on support, our customer success managers to help them. And then we have like, the, the uh, self serve uh, segment, which is currently the one that we have not optimized as much as the performance uh, too.
0: I guess we're running out of time here, but I do want to show you said very definitively yeah. when I said, are you bootstrapped?" You said, yes, but that will change this year. Do you have a term sheet in hand already? Or why, why do you say that so confidently?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've had plenty of discussions and, and, and actually multiple of those uh, late last year. And, and now kind of just figuring out how to, to move forward from here.
0: Well, but you didn't answer my question. Do you have a signed term sheet?
1: Not yet signed.
0: Okay. So like, how do you convert those conversations into real action? Because a lot of founders right now are having a lot of conversations, but the VC market is closed. I mean, effectively closed.
1: Yeah. So, so where we found success is, is really by, well, first of all, we we are profitable business. Uh, So that puts us in a totally different situation than, than a lot of uh, developers, uh, companies just trying to, to make it. and. just how you can actually articulate the vision um uh, I, I think that's that's kind of the learning that i, I did over a hundred calls uh last year uh with with phases to to kind of get to a point where we have multiple term sheets uh and, and we actually have the opportunity to to decide uh where to go uh so yeah uh just but, but you just because helped, you don't have yeah. but you don't have multiple term sheets right now uh yeah we do. So I, I say we didn't, we have, we didn't sign, sign one. Oh, you like, do have uh, term sheets, though. Yeah. Oh, I see. So I guess what are you waiting for? Uh, we're, we're waiting for, uh, like, uh, <laughs> we, we, we could have had this conversation in, in about two weeks or so. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I could have been able to answer a bit differently. But, uh, but yeah, uh, anyways, I'm, I'm sure, like, the funding uh, situation is, is about to change.
0: Uh, Jesse, the sorry, the sorry for sh- being a brick.
1: Yeah, yeah doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make it doesn't yeah. make
0: any sense what you're saying, yeah. and I'm trying to help my founders learn who are listening. You said you had a lot of oh, calls yeah. last year. Macroeconomics are changing things that are totally outside yeah. of your control, right? It has nothing to do with your business, yeah. but VC markets are shut down. You're saying, not for me. I'm going to get a deal done, and I'm going to say it very confidently. My audience is going to go, well, why is he so confident? Every even even other profitable bootstrap companies can't raise right now. No one can raise equity right now. Why can you raise equity?
1: Yeah. Okay. So so. I have some NDAs in place where where that prevents me from saying too much. But like like so, we've actually signed uh, like a, a letter of intent already, and 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 so on, and and things are moving on on that front.
0: I get what I'm the reason I'm asking these questions is because like there's there's tons of VCs right now that are still taking meetings yeah. with founders, and those VCs are not deploying money. They just take the meetings that feels good. That's what they're supposed to be doing as a as a right. called, VC. They're not actually deploying. I mean, how do you make sure this LOI, the term whatever that you've signed, how do you make sure it actually gets done and you, you hedge yourself from these macroeconomic risks of the world economy going into a recession and impacting the VC you signed an
1: LOI with? Uh, well, w- w- like one thing as well, like for us, it was ho- like the hardest to get like that first term sheet. Uh, but as soon as we got that, so then like all the other VCs got s- scared. And, and now we're in a situation where the one that we move forward with is going to be closed uh, yeah. soon. How
0: much are you hoping to raise? Uh, 1.5 million. Okay. 1.5. Interesting. And this would be your, I mean, most folks in their pre-seed round are selling, you know, 15, 20% of the company. Are you sort of in that
1: range? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A bit less than that, actually. So we were happy to, to uh, make quite good, good terms.
0: Yeah. So that's what, like a 7, 8 million post-money valuation selling under 15% of the company, something like that.
1: Uh, t- twelve, twelve to be exact.
0: Oh, that, that's great. Dollars. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, you're. I mean, so that that would that would be more than a. I mean, you can do the multiple on that, right? But that's a good multiple yeah. in this yeah. market. Um, you, you're yeah. confident that multiple will hold up as you go through diligence and actually work towards the money being wired and closed.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Um,
0: cool. And what's the what's the team size today? How many folks are full time?
1: Uh, thirteen. Uh, sorry, full time. Uh, so actually, uh, nine just nice. got one, one guy left for a student leave. Uh, Very cool. So, yeah.
0: Well, we hope you get everything closed. We're out of time, though, today. Let's wrap up with the famous
1: five. Number one, what's your favorite book? Uh, monetizing Innovation. Um, I would have said Lord of the Rings or something, but uh, business-related, so Monetizing Innovation.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: Uh, I have to say... Uh, even though this guy is a mainstream guy, uh, so the Supercell CEO, Ilkka pananen us being heavily related, in, like heavily invested in gaming industry and uh, and he like uh, for two reasons, one, like Sorry, what was his name, Jesse Ilkka pananen so he's the su- uh, CEO of Supercell, the Finnish uh, gaming giant. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's uh, sure. also like whenever we talk with startups, it's either him personally or, or Supercell that's kind of backed them here in Finland. So that's, I think, awesome as well that they put the the yeah. success back to the market.
0: Very cool. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Geek Lab? Uh,
1: like uh, I would, <laughs> people will hate me for this, but I have to say ChatGPT has like just made so many processes so much faster uh great we've, number we've, four uh, or, or github gohub
0: yeah number four how many hours of sleep do you get every night
1: uh between five to six
0: uh, okay and what's your situation married single
1: kids uh married married uh for uh three three years now
0: any kids Uh no, not
1: yet <laughs> all right and jesse how old are you at uh, this company uh 27
0: last question something you wish you knew when you were 20 uh
1: Don't invest in cryptos.
0: (laughs) Guys, there you have it. He was in charge of getting installs done at his last mobile uh, gaming company, mobile app gaming company, and said, you know, there's no good tool for this. Let me build it. He launched geeklab.app in 2019. They're doing $60,000 a month today in revenue across 60 paid accounts, up from $27,000 a month just a year ago. They're looking right now at getting a round round done, targeting a $1.5 raise at somewhere near 12000000 million post-money valuation. We're certainly, Jesse, rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks.
1: Thank you.